Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Back with episode 29 of the Canadians Connection Podcast. You know what that means. It's the Daryl Shannon episode. Just kidding. It's the <laughs> Ken Dryden episode of Canadians Connection. And I'm thrilled to be joined by the Artemi Panarin to my Tony D'Angelo, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going? Wow. Right? <laughs> I'm great, thanks. Uh, You know, we can also get Gaston Gingra in there, um, (laughs) number 29. If if there was a player, I mean, what a a shot, but uh, always completely out of control and eye high. If there was a player uh, (laughs) who um, injured his own players more, uh, friendly Uh fire situations, I'd I'd like to know because he was, uh, when he hit the net, great, but Gaston, I mean, you're... Yeah, yeah, keep it down. Gotta keep keep it those, low. Yeah, got to keep those shots low, and, and especially in warm up, keep your uh, get your goaltender warm, but don't want to don't want to cause any problems. But uh, yes, uh, Ken Dryden episode, of course. How could it not be episode twenty nine? How could it not be? Of yeah, who who else would it have been? <laughs> yeah, do we have do we have time for a a Ken Dryden story? Do 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 I we have we don't a little a little bit of time? I feel like there's always time for a Ken Dryden story. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, we, we know, you know, everybody knows the, uh, the book on, on Ken Dryden, uh, drafted by Boston, uh, traded to the Canadians shortly after, and then yeah. uh, played for Cornell and, and came in at the end of the season, uh, when Vashon had an injury and, and uh, was spectacular in the playoffs and, uh, um, on it goes to, uh, to, uh, now I don't have this in front. I, I think it's six, five or six. I think it's six Stanley Cups. Um, yeah, six. And in, in seven full seasons, because he skipped that one season, uh, there was a contract dispute. He ended up going out to McGill for law. Um, but a little later in his career, um, he was, and it, it, it seems even odd to say now, but he was president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, really? And this is, <laughs> did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. That kind yeah, of late, <laughs> It does. Yeah. Late nineties, <laughs> late nineties. He was, he was the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, and at the time I was working, uh, I was a director at a, an educational institution in Toronto. Tough to be a Habs fan in Toronto. <laughs> um, but, um, we were preparing to uh, build a new arena uh, at our education facilities. At the same time, the Leafs were looking for a, um, a practice facility. And so uh, the idea came up that um, the Leafs would pay for it. It, 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 some sort of collaboration. Yeah. So um, a meeting was, was set up between the uh, Leafs brass and, 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 and us, there was, there was probably 
six or seven people at the meeting. It was small, just the top people at each each kind of institution. Um, you know, three from our college, three from the Leafs, and and we met for about seventy five minutes, and and. It was hard because there was something serious going. There were serious negotiations happening. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking right across the table at Ken Dryden. Um, yeah. And and my you know one of my uh, favorites, idols, whatever you want to call it. Me being a goaltender, uh, a terrible yeah. minor league goaltender, and and, <laughs> and and Ken Dryden sitting across the table from me and talking a serious subject. Well, the meeting ended. Seventy five minutes or so. The the meeting ended and. Ken's entourage was going back to um, their office. Ken wasn't. He was he was um, waiting for uh, his wife to pick him up uh, to go to uh, some sort of uh, social engagement. And so um, I sat and waited with him. Why, why wouldn't I? Yeah, um, of course. So it it was just two guys. Two guys. One guy was Ken Dryden. Me was just a guy <laughs> um, sitting in these wing back chairs, um, having a conversation about hockey. Oh. Um, and he he told some great anecdotes that that I've never heard uh, before. I, I hadn't heard before. I haven't heard since. I haven't seen in his in his books, and uh, it, they were great anecdotes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he asked me questions about where I'd grown up. Of course, I grew up in Thunder Bay and, and my mm. hockey experience. And, and he kind of listened intently and, and he asked good follow-up questions. He, he, he was, seemed sincerely interested. He would, and just a thoroughly enjoyable experience. It was meaningful. It was obviously memorable. And, and one of my, my great experiences in hockey, um, meeting with Ken Dryden and, and on the day when, when a lot of Canadian fans have their, uh, the, you know, they're, they're disappointed about missing the playoffs. I just thought that would, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of a, a nice little story that, that, uh, you know, these, these brushes with greatness that we've, we've mm-hmm. talked about before are kind of fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and we'll get into why exactly the Montreal Canadiens fans might not be so thrilled today. But yes, that's a great story about a, a guy who's always seemed to come across as incredibly genuine in any in any context that that he is in. He seems to be just a really nice person. So uh, yeah, that's that's a great story to get this thing started. So let's talk about what happened with the Montreal Canadiens this week. I guess I mean uh, from a positive, we go to whatever this week was, and uh, last week the Montreal Canadiens they were getting ready to play the Winnipeg Jets. They win that one. Three to one on the road, uh, somewhat surprising result, I would think. But uh, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets—they're—they're they're kind of—they know where they are. Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday night, the Montreal Canadiens went four-two, and uh, on that night, it was a strange evening for Montreal Canadiens and their fans because, as Ron Swanson would say, they were looking to get by with a little help from their workplace biz, uh, proximity associates, the Boston <laughs> Bruins and Toronto Maple Leafs. I won't say they were looking to get by with their friends. Uh, Boston did help them out with a win over Columbus. Toronto, on a second night of a back-to-back, uh, they did lose to Carolina. And then that set up a game against Washington on Thursday night, where, as you said in your, week, in your uh, recap of that game, the Canadians' playoff chances hanging on by a thread. They lost 2-1. to one. And then last night happened, where, uh, as I kind of alluded to off the top of the show, 
they uh, were eliminated by the Columbus Blue Jackets with Artemi Panarin scoring the shootout winner. And uh, Alexander Gorgiev almost, almost stole one for the Montreal Canadiens, but just not quite enough on that night. That was an exciting, exciting game. Buchevich co- it was. Uh, scores 6.1 seconds left uh, to tie it, to take it into overtime. Uh, Georgiev was, was unbelievable. Um, and uh, in, a, in a meaningless game for the Rangers, but, but they seemed to uh, be playing for something. You know, I was hoping for Ryan Lindgren, uh, Charlie's uh. brother, had gotten a, <laughs> gotten a call up. I was hoping for a Ryan Lindgren goal in overtime. Wouldn't that have been... Uh, you know, poetic and, and uh, yes. it, uh, uh, you know, a tough ending, tough ending for the Canadians. Um, Cause you, you know, we assume that every player was, was watching it, uh, watching it just, as, uh, just as we were. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody invariably would have said, okay, the carrots are now cooked. The famous phrase, but um, you know, kind of, Kind of an exciting in a in a non Habs uh, game game day. It was still an exciting night uh, to follow the action between the Rangers and the and the Blue Jackets last night. Yeah, that was uh, you know it was a, as you said it was an exciting game. They scored with just late in that third period. MSG went crazy, uh, and I assume a lot of Montreal Canadiens and their fans also uh, went uh, just a little bit crazy after that one. But yes, it was not a. Uh, uh, I guess uh, it was a pretty emotional night, I guess, for a lot of Habs fans. You see on Twitter, see even people reacting this morning. Uh, it's, it's, it was a tough couple of hours uh, for some Montreal Canadiens fans who uh, were hoping that the Rangers would pull that one out. But even as we were talking about before we, we came on air, they would need here's, them. Here's, uh, here's yeah. just an example. Here's just, just to yeah. reinforce your point, uh, yes. Tony – Tony is T underscore Priggy on, on um, uh, Twitter. Somber day today. (laughs) Really hurts. Habs were eliminated by a shootout yesterday night. This team deserved tonight's game to be meaningful. The hockey gods are cool. Mm. Go Habs go. So yes. Yes. Yeah. Tough day today. It's, it's, a lot it's, of that. Uh, it, and I mean, even even if tonight's game were meaningful, the Montreal Canadiens would also need the Ottawa Senators to handle business against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And asking the Ottawa Senators to handle business in any context is not a good thing to have to, to be asking of them. Uh, so it would have been a lot. It would have been a tall order. Um, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on. But uh, do you want to dive in with some winners and losers? Great idea. All right. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So before we get to that, we do have the question of the week that we threw out on Twitter and Facebook, and we've gotten a lot of responses already. This one uh, certainly uh, a, a, a big question following the Montreal Canadiens officially eliminated. The Habs will miss the playoffs for the third time in four years. What went wrong? And we were, we're going to get to that later on this show. But I think we'll probably start off with a bit of the positive, a bit of the positive outlook for the Montreal Canadiens and, and what went right. Um, and that really, I mean, you look at the Montreal Canadiens this season, I think Jeff Petrie is a huge positive 
for the Montreal Canadiens for this season. When you look at the fact that, yes, he set a career high in points, and everyone's looking at that, that's, that's glaring. He's, he's had a great season in that regard. When you go back and look earlier this season with Shea Weber out of the lineup, that guy, and it reminded me when they were playing against Washington, that 33-minute game that he played against the Washington Capitals, and, and, and we've talked at length about uh, uh, Carey Price's workload this season. Uh, in my opinion, if there's a guy that is just second behind Carey Price in terms of how fatigued he must, they must be feeling right now, it's probably Jeff Petrie. Because even though his minutes did take a dip when Shea Weber came back, he was still being relied upon heavily. And before that happened, he was, I mean, Noah Juleson, as someone pointed out just a couple weeks back, was playing where Jeff Petrie has been playing most of this season. But Jeff Petrie, especially in that game when Juleson went down with that unfortunate uh, facial injury, uh, he played 33 minutes. And he was asked to do a lot of things with Shea Weber out of the lineup. And uh, he delivered time and time again. And even just as recently as that Washington game, and you might you can disagree with me. I don't know how you feel about this, but from where I was watching, it seemed as though Jeff Petrie created most of the Canadians' best chances against the Washington Capitals. He might have been the most dynamic offensive player on that ice for the Canadians in that game. Uh, in a game where they really didn't create many opportunities, he was using his speed, he was getting into the rush, and, and the Montreal Canadiens, unfortunately, they only mustered a goal, but it felt like Jeff Petrie was taking it upon himself to try and create more opportunities for the Canadians. So when I looked back at, at that game, and, and obviously uh, he scored against Winnipeg as well last week, but also this season as a whole, I mean, Jeff Petrie has, has been everything the Montreal Canadiens could have hoped for. And I think this is really, when you go back and look at the extension that he signed a few years back, this is the Jeff Petrie that you were hoping to get. And, uh, and a, a great season for Jeff, uh, a guy that I was critical of earlier this season. He's turned it, he, he's really turned it around and he had a, a great season and a great game against Washington, uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah. That, that game against Washington, um, I kept thinking about, uh, um, uh, Andrew Shaw's words and playing with urgency and, and the, the person who 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 left leapt off the screen uh, was was Jeff Petrie. He got yeah. it. He understood. He understood what was at stake, and he was playing with urgency throughout that game. Um, he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, rushing the puck. He was he was creating chances. He was uh, diving to break up plays. He 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 was he was doing everything. He put his heart and soul into that game and playing with urgency. And uh, yeah. can, if the Canadians had a couple more players that were, would follow his lead, um, they, they could have had a chance in the game because Carey Price was, uh, again, uh, locked in yeah. and, and uh, spectacular saves one after the other, the, uh, the breakaways, uh, uh, you know, there was the Conley chance and Verana and, and Ovechkin and, and, Tom Wilson and it, it was it was uh, it was a, a great match. They just needed some offense, and uh, Petrie was was uh, doing his best to provide that, and uh, needed to see it that that level of urgency from from others as well. It's a good choice. I, I agree with uh, yeah. uh, Jeff Petrie as a, as a winner of this week. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, with everything that, and Andrew Shaw said quite a lot this week, and his line mate for uh, the last stretch of this season has gotten your attention for this week. He certainly has. Um, and, you know, uh, listen, we, we get it. I get it. We, mm-hmm. On this program, we get it. When uh, Jonathan Drouin was, was, was struggling uh, throughout this, the, there's, there's this misdirection that happens. And, and mm-hmm. the, certain members of the mainstream media, they'll pick on someone uh, to distract attention from, from a, uh, someone they'd like to protect. And their target for a lot of the season, uh, particularly the second half, was Arturi Lekkonen. And at the deadline, we saw people wanting to run him out of town and, and, uh, uh, and questioning why he was even in certain situations. Uh, we've talked about that here before. Um, but Lekkonen, um, the, the game against Tampa Bay, Lekkonen was unbelievable. Um, yeah. And, and Claude Julien, to his credit, uh, uh, put Lekkonen on that second line and um, stabilized, as it, to use his words, uh, the second line with Shaw and, and Domi. Now, you might think that that's, compl- that's solely restricted to uh, his defensive play, because uh, certainly Lekkonen being one of the, the best defensive players uh, on the team, but it's not. It's, it's also uh, his ability to, to forecheck, to create turnovers, to um, win uh, board battles uh, that, that the previous resident of that second line spot w- <laughs> was unable or unwilling to do. Um, and when you look at, uh, uh, the 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 offensive side of of uh, Lekkonen's game, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, the high dangers uh, uh, scoring chances and and the percentage of the team's high danger scoring chances, and it may have surprised some to know that that uh, Lekkonen was in the top five for the Canadians, um, that that he was he was one of the guys along with Tatar, along with Kokanyemi, along with Dano, along with Gallagher, Lekkonen was right there in, in helping to create high-danger scoring chances. Um, and, uh, but after that game, uh, Lekkonen, the, the, the Tampa Bay game, uh, that was his fourth game-winning goal of the season. His fourth game-winning goal of the season. Let me just repeat that. For, yeah. for someone who, who has not been the recipient of of uh, enormous amounts of, of ice time for someone who doesn't get power play time for someone who always, who hasn't always had the greatest of, of line mates um, spent uh, a considerable amount of time on the, on the bottom six. Um, that's remarkable for uh, yeah. Lekkonen to, to have four uh, game winning uh, goals, but also when you realize um, that, that that leads the team that, that he's tied. There's a couple of players um, tied for uh, the, the, the lead league, uh, the uh, Habs lead in, in uh, game winning goals and Lekkonen is one of them. Uh, so he's scoring clutch goals. Um, yeah. And where would the Canadians be without um, Arturi Lekkonen and um, had a great week. So for that reason, um, he's my winner of the week. Yeah, and uh, well-deserved, and obviously he was uh, not lacking confidence after the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
making his uh, version of the Mark Messier guarantee. But uh, unfortunately, things did, did not turn out. But that's the kind of thing you want to see from a guy. Oh, yeah. And the huge goal that he scored against Tampa Bay, incredibly well-deserved for Arturi Lekkanen. Um, you know, he's, he's taken a lot of, of uh, trash talk this season on, on, on Twitter, uh, everywhere. That was the guy, as you say, was getting it from mainstream media members in an effort to hide the ineffectiveness of my loser of the week, who happens to be Jonathan Drouin, who was also the loser of the week last week. But really, when you look at everything, there couldn't have been another guy because, my goodness, last week we were talking about comments that he made about playing in Montreal and how much, you know, if I make a mistake, then everyone's going to be talking about it because I'm Jonathan Drouin. But if my teammates make X amount of mistakes, no one's talking about it. Well, Jonathan Drouin, he didn't make, let's just say, I mean, uh, let's be honest, he didn't make mistakes, but also he didn't do anything this past week. And actually that part about not making mistakes might actually be false. But he, he really did nothing from the month of March onwards. He had two points. They both came in the same game. And if you remember that game against the New York Islanders, one of those, which was a goal, came after a remarkable save from Carey Price and uh, just a, a great play from Yasperi Kotkaniemi and Yoel Armia that gifted him another point. So when you think of what Jonathan Drouin is supposed to be, he is supposed to be this just great playmaker that generates offense, that creates offense, and, and you know, has the puck on his, on his stick and is able to see plays before they happen. That is what he's supposed to be, allegedly. And as you pointed out when we were talking about the percentage of high scoring or high danger opportunities created for the Montreal Canadiens, he hasn't quite done that. And in the game against the Washington Capitals, early in that game, who was the one that was generating a lot or, well, generating the only chances that that line had, that, that Jonathan Duran's line had in the game? It was Jordan Wheel. He was giving, mm-hmm. it seemed as though, and, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but it seemed as though he was giving it to Jordan Wheel just to create all of the offense and then just coasting to the outside and seeing what happened, seeing what Jordan Wheel could create. When in this situation for the Montreal Canadiens, where they are in the playoff standings, where they are in a tight playoff race, you need a guy like Jonathan Drouin, who, let's just remind everybody, like I've said multiple times, they traded their best prospect for just two years ago. You need that guy to actually contribute something. And everyone talks about him being a potential game breaker and having elite level talent. Well, let me tell you something. This guy's not even been a contributor on a team in this playoff race. Since the calendar, since the calendar flipped to 2019, he's got 20 points. So let's take that into consideration with Max Domi, who has 34 points in the calendar year of 2019. And earlier this season, those, those guys were running mates. They were getting each other points back and forth in October, November. They were having a great time. One of them's not having a great time anymore because he only got 20 of his 52 points in the calendar, in the, you know, the three-month stretch of, uh, of uh, January to March. And from March onwards, only had two points. So he had 18 from January to March. 
and just those two. And keep in mind also, there was a game against the Detroit Red Wings where he got four points. That was already well in hand. So all of those things considered, this guy who is for a long time, if you remember, everyone was saying, well, he's on pace to set a new career high in points. So it's been a good year for Jonathan Drouin. Um, he's got one more game to reach his career high in points of 53 that was set in Tampa Bay just a couple of years back. He's got to do that tonight. And if he doesn't, then that narrative of, oh, well, you know what? He's going to set a career high in points. It's going to be fine. No, that's, that's gone by the wayside because he has done nothing of significance. And basically everyone that was in the lineup against the Washington Capitals, when I was thinking of who could be my loser of the week, basically the only other guy in the running was Christian Follin. And when you get that deep into the lineup, then you're the problem. Then the, guy, the other guy is the problem. Jonathan Drouin has been a complete and utter non-factor for basically, I mean, 2019 as a whole, this second half of the season, he's, he's been completely out of, uh, you know, he's just not done anything. And a guy who you mentioned, Artur Lekkanen, since March 1st, has five points. Keep in mind, he's a guy that, according to Twitter, cannot score and can't really produce much of anything. And yet Jonathan Drouin is uh, getting... You know, he's getting all of this, all, all the apologists are saying, you know, it's going to be fine. He's 24 years old. He'll figure it out. He's only got two points. And uh, that is, quite frankly, for a guy of, of his skill set, not good enough. Well, 320-some-odd games in the NHL, um, five, over five seasons, I, I think – I think he he should have figured it out by now. I don't I don't think the age yeah. thing applies and and uh um especially in that game um against uh Washington we talked about Jeff Petrie playing with urgency. What's the opposite of playing with urgency? Um lackadaisical. I I, I don't know, but whatever it is, yeah. it, it, Jonathan Duran um it, it's it's interesting. You mentioned that that game against Detroit um uh, his his uh, four point game, uh, three of those points um, were were essentially uh, meaningless because they happened well after the game was already decided. It ended up in a yeah. in an eight one uh, victory. Um, but looking at at it at it even um, even more closely because uh, I, I was curious. Um, mm-hmm. Look at the points again. You know where Detroit is in the standings. You know where the Senators are in the standings. Um, over the course of the season, Jonathan Drouin had six points against the Red Wings and six points against uh, the Senators. Uh, that's 12 points to his 52-point total against uh, teams <laughs> at the bottom of, of, of the standings. Eight games, uh, uh, 12 points against... Uh, against teams that, that, um, you know, just, just weren't, uh, well, they're, they're lottery teams. Uh, So uh, when you talk about game breakers, when you talk about meaningful players, when you talk about players you rely on, uh, those are the players who, who uh, show up against conference rivals. Um, So let's take, I, I, I was curious. So uh, I Mm -hmm. thought I'd take a look at, uh, the, the, the number of points that Jonathan Duran had against 
some some conference rivals who who ended up in the playoffs. Uh, against the Boston Bruins, uh, uh, Jonathan Duran had two points in four games. Against Carolina, he had one point in three games. Against the Pittsburgh Penguins, one point in three games. Against the Tampa Bay Lightning, zero points in four games. Against the Maple Leafs, there's a game tonight, but against the Maple Leafs, zero points in two games. Against the Washington Capitals, zero points in three games. Against the Columbus Blue Jackets, zero games in uh, zero points in three games. Jonathan yeah. Drouin against conference rivals who are in the playoffs, four points in 22 games. Um, that that's a huge problem. Now, uh, there's been lots of talk about uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi and his inability to score on the um, on the road. Uh, in 40 games for Jonathan Drouin on the road. He has just five goals. He has a shooting percentage of under six, uh, and he's a minus 12. Um, he doesn't like to play on the road. Um, and if you look at someone who uh, received, you know, was out there for almost every f- first wave of the power play, it was Jonathan Drouin. And if you're looking for a reason why the power play didn't work this season, look no further than Jonathan Duran, who had three goals on the power play all season long, be, uh, despite getting so much uh, power play time, uh, not not making smart decisions with the puck, not willing to engage in battle on the boards, uh, uh, turning the puck over uh, constantly, uh, either in zone entries or in the neutral zone. Um, now, and he wasn't the only problem on the power play. Don't get me wrong, but but. Yeah. Um, a, a major, you know, the, the, we, we heard from the coaching staff saying, um, we don't understand it. Uh, they, they perform so well in practice. Uh, they, 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 uh, uh, Canadians are able to, to, uh, 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 follow our directions and, and, but execution is terrible, um, when it comes to games and, and, and that comes to your, your willingness to battle and, and, uh, and execute, and Jonathan Duran didn't do that. Uh, really, really startling for me. The the um, his his lack of effort, his 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 inability to contribute uh, to uh, those conference rivals, and and there's a major reason right there why um, the Canadians are are not in the playoffs, or had they been able to squeak in, uh, would unlikely have gone very far uh, because. Yeah. Those are the games where where you're you're playing against conference rivals, uh, and and uh, and 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 his offense uh, was sorely lacking against that group. Yeah, and uh, you kind of addressed a key point that we're going to get to after the break, which is those key games against the teams that the Montreal Canadiens were actually competing with. So, shall we take a quick break and come back and talk about that? We, we will. And, and uh, you know, if you're thinking, if you want to uh, uh, join the conversation, uh, get us on social media, either Twitter or Facebook, or call the show. Call the show. Yeah. We're a live show. Uh, you can reach us at 213. The studio number is 213-943-3754. Uh, 213-943-3754. Uh, if you're listening on demand, t- uh, text us. Text us 24 hours a day, anytime during the week. 5853 Rocket is our special uh, text number. 5853 Rocket, and we've got a, 
a text to uh, get to uh, in the third segment today. Ah, there's some foreshadowing for you, something to look forward to for the third segment. But when we come back, we are going to talk about missed opportunities for the Montreal Canadiens because, you know, as, as we've said, they have been eliminated and, you know, it was always going to be a tough ask to go and run the table in the last four. So we will dive in and look at maybe some other points in the season where the Montreal Canadiens missed some opportunities. So we will be right back talking about that. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And it's time to talk about missed opportunities because, uh, as the title says, Habs missed the playoffs. And uh, as the question of the week says, third time in four years that they are going to miss the playoffs. So let's talk about missed opportunities for the Montreal Canadiens. And this is going to go back and really look at and evaluate what the Montreal Canadiens, what they had at, at their feet for this season. I know that when we talk about that, people are going to say, well, the Montreal Canadiens weren't expected to be in the playoffs, so this season is a success. And part of that is true. The Montreal Canadiens were not expected to be where they are. They had some great performances, yada, yada, yada. They were in the playoff race. But when you look at the games, especially Columbus and Carolina, those are the two, because those were the teams that when it came down to it, the Montreal Canadiens were competing with, They couldn't muster anything. So you get five more minutes in Carolina where you have a one-goal lead. Carey Price has given you a phenomenal night in net. And you can't give it five more minutes. You can't 
close that thing out for five more minutes and get a crucial two points that could have made a world of difference in the way that this entire thing played out. That is a huge missed opportunity. And everyone afterwards was talking about after the Columbus game, that is, well, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to play these four games. And you know what? It's going to be a tough task, but we're going to do it. And sure enough, when they rattled off the first two wins, everyone was saying, well, look at this. Here we go. And, and as I said, Arturi Lekkinen, full of confidence. That was great. But those aren't the teams that you're competing with. They're in a very different situation. The Canadians were fortunate not to face Andre Vasilevsky, who, you know, obviously is the second night of a back-to-back for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They got Eddie Pasquale, and Pasquale put on a show in the Bell Center. And they were fortunate to get out with that win. But all the same, the Winnipeg Jets and the Tampa Bay Lightning know where they're going. They, they don't have anything to prove. So the Montreal Canadiens don't get style points because they beat a really, you know, a pair of really good teams. And then Washington, they were a team that actually did have something to play for. And the Montreal Canadiens did not meet the challenge as they did not meet the challenge in the games against Carolina and Columbus. And that, to me, you look at those two games, that's where you lose this season. And in conjunction with that, you look back at the four starts for Antiniemi, the last four, and the three teams that he played. I mean, San Jose was the last one. That's a tough one. But three teams he played were Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Florida, and uh, did not go so well. And uh, that Florida game specifically, we all remember, uh, wasn't very pretty for Antiniemi. And that's why you've had to uh, ride Carey Price the way you have. But anyways, all of that said, there were some missed opportunities. Uh, for sure. Um, I, th- I think that, um, you know, that, that I, I understand the, the argument about um, expectations. Um, yeah. But, but expectations are, are fluid. Um, yeah. And, and this team um, performed um, like a playoff team all season long. So for them not to make the playoffs, um, uh, is is obviously a disappointment. I, I know that the the Canadians uh, put out an article last night, um, the, and and basically framed the discussion. And and Bergevin told you know the quote that they used. Bergevin was telling fans what they should be thinking today. And no no thanks. We'll we'll, we'll decide amongst ourselves. <laughs> you know fans <laughs> will decide amongst themselves. Uh, and he said. Um, amongst other things, said that that fans should be proud of the team, and of course, of course, but you can still be disappointed. And and the, this whole thing about putting out a positive spin article, we know that one of the things that was completely revamped and a lot of time, effort, and money was spent on this year was the Canadians' communication department, um, mm-hmm. and in, in changing the message. And perhaps if the same level of, of attention had been paid to, well, never mind. Um, but um you know lost opportunities of course i I, you know i agree with with what you said the uh the the games against uh columbus and carolina you can't lose those games if if um if you're going to and the the five carry price was standing on his head and five minutes to go and you you can't uh contribute to to shut it down that was uh inexcusable it's just um 
yeah, it 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 was a a, a huge problem. I mean, also uh, Canadians um, uh, overtime losses to Buffalo, overtime loss to, yeah. to Ottawa. Uh, Canadians didn't play uh, very well against the non-playoff teams. At least they didn't play as well as Carolina and and uh, Columbus did against non-playoff teams. Um, yeah. You know, um, the 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 uh, Maple Leafs that were the Canadians are, are facing the, the Leafs tonight. That um, the the six three loss in in February to the Leafs uh, inexcusable um, yeah. power play. Um, the four on four play, uh, you know, worst in the league, playing at four on four. Um, they, as, as far as as uh, uh, giving up leads in the third period, worst uh, t- tied for worst uh, uh, in the in the league at that. Um, so it's 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 funny. We uh, we see um, people blaming the power play, and 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 that should be be blamed. But but that's not the only problem. And we talked about this at the trade deadline that the power play was not the only issue. And if, if it was the only issue, if it was the only, let's let, okay, let me grant that. If it's the only issue, the power play, then, then Mark Bergevin, people who say it's the only power play, Mark Bergevin deserves to be fired tomorrow because it was fixable at the trade deadline. If your power play is your only issue, that's a, there's a fix for that at the trade deadline. His name is Mike Hoffman. He was available. He wouldn't wouldn't cost you your your top prospects, and and he was ridiculous on the power play this season for the mm-hmm. Florida Panthers. Um, I mean I mean it's of course it was there were more issues than 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 just the power play, um, and and again we we talked about them at the at the trade deadline. The power play, backup goaltending, Niemi. What what was up with that? You need ten to twelve um, wins from your backup goalie. Um, Niemi will finish the season with eight, and he was fortunate to get those eight. Yeah. Um, defense, no top pairing uh, lefty for Shea Weber to play with. Uh, five on five scoring. How about that? We know that that it was great for the first half, and then teams made adjustments, and in twenty nineteen. Five on five scoring completely dried up. Um, so there, there's there's a lot of of um, uh, what went wrong. There's a, there's a lot of issues. But as far as missed opportunities, um, here's where I'm going to go. Um, and I think a missed opportunity was in the off season after a terrible season last year, and we all know uh, all about that. And and a terrible off season, uh, you know, uh, two, two ago, um, the, the, the lost opportunity was firing Mark Bergevin last year. Um, yeah. that was a lost opportunity. Um, I, I know he made some good moves in the off season, he made some bad ones too. Um, and, and, and certainly, uh, didn't solve some issues. Um, but now I, I think one of the things, one of the best things that, that Mark Bergevin did, uh, after his very humbling season where he said 
This is my best lineup. This is the, the vision that I have. These are the players that I want. And then they went out and had a horrible season uh, last year. Um, Mark Bergevin was humbled. And I think uh, held to account by uh, somewhat by Jeff Molson. And for yeah. the first time, uh, Mark Bergevin started listening, uh, which he's not very, you know, some, some inside baseball. Mark Bergevin has his own ideas. He's not very good at listening, but he was forced to do that. And uh, he's, they've had some very good people uh, working in the Canadians organization. Bergevin was forced to listen to them for the first time. And we see some uh, pretty positive results about that. Now I'm worried that, that uh, Bergevin has been uh, emboldened, uh, let's say by the success or you can't, I'm sorry, you can't call missing the playoffs, especially for the third time in four years <laughs> of success, but, but uh, beyond expectations, uh, he's going to be yeah. emboldening and emboldened and then go back to his own, his old ways. And there's a, um, a missed opportunity there. Another missed opportunity. And I referred to it earlier. Um, no impactful moves at, at the trade deadline. Um, Achilles heel all year uh, for the Canadians was the fourth line. Um, that was a hole that, that Bergevin created at the start of the season, given his choices um, that he made. Um, and, and he tried to address that and then ignored um, uh, the other ways he could have made an impact. And, and I know he used the straw man argument where, Oh, well you, did you want me to trade Paling? Did you want me to trade uh, guys like, uh, Hoffman or Vetrano or, or, and we've talked about this before, Brian Elliott, uh, they were available without having to give up, um, uh, top prospects. Um, and, and, uh, a, a, a lost opportunity. How about, um, in keeping Rick Dudley? Yeah. How about in keeping Rick Dudley? You know, uh, we, we know how good, uh, the, the, uh, Carolina hurricanes have been. Um, a huge yeah. part of that. I, I, I like Rod, what Rod Brindamore has done. Love it. He's been a, yeah. a, a, a inspiring coach. Uh, but, but you know, behind the scenes, don't ignore the moves that, that Rick Dudley has helped to engineer. Uh, Rick Dudley um, left the Canadians because he wasn't being listened to uh, and he felt he had more to contribute. Well, he's contributing as VP of Hockey Ops for, for Carolina. And uh, one of our buddies, uh, uh, Joe Yurden, uh, caught up with him in Buffalo this week and, and uh, said, you know, you're, you're on the verge. You're, your team's on the verge of, of making the playoffs for uh, how are you going to be able to focus on this game? He was scouting in Buffalo and, and, uh, and in typical Dudley fashion said, listen, there's lots of guys I haven't seen yet. Uh, I've got work to do tonight. Uh, I can't be distracted by uh, my team <laughs> making the yeah. playoffs. And Dudley, by far for me, uh, the smartest player I've ever met in, in uh, Rick Dudley. And, and there's a lost opportunity in letting him escape uh, from the organization. We've talked about Vaughn Carpen leaving as well to mm-hmm. go to Vegas and what he's done there. Um, so all those for me are, um, are lost opportunities um, for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and and in response to that, uh, I agree with everything you just said. In response to that, you, this is the thing though. He is going. Mark Bergevin is going to get credit for this, and he's it's already started. 
he is getting credit for going and getting a Tomas Tatar, as, as well as Nick Suzuki, for rebuilding this prospect core when, quite frankly, that was not him that did that. That was Trevor Timmons and his scouting staff that did all of that because, for once, Mark Bergevin wouldn't chip in and be like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to draft this guy because, as you mentioned on a previous episode, he fancies himself a bit of a talent evaluator. And now that he's let Trevor Timmons do that and do his job, things are looking up for the Montreal Canadiens prospect system. But people won't look at that because Mark Bergevin was the guy that went and got a Nick Suzuki. And then Mark Bergevin has done all of these things. And that to me is the part of it. And he's made the trade for Max Domi, who had a good season, 71 points. Can't argue with that. A guy that had a career year. Other problems, I mean, that, that, that came up with him at center, but nonetheless, a great season. He's going to be the guy that gets credit for that. And even as, as much as I agree with you, it's a missed opportunity. This is going to be a while before we get another opportunity, I think, before, as you said, it was a missed opportunity to not fire him. We're going to be another few years, in my opinion, because of just the things that he's done to rebuild his image. And if he keeps listening to staff, as you said, then maybe we'll get closer to a point where maybe that's not something that needs to be done. But it's, it, there's been a lot of damage. And he's doing he's been a part of the work to fix that. But there's some holes on this team, as you said. The left side of the defense was nothing. Uh, Victor Meta was forced to do something that he shouldn't have been forced to do this season. He's, he was put in a position that is, quite frankly, beyond his capabilities at this point. And then the fourth line, the power play, there were a lot of problems with this team. And his argument, seemingly at every press conference, after not doing something at a deadline or whatever, is, well, look it. If I'm going to make this trade, it's going to be a high. It's going to be a high price. It's going to be a high price. That is what it is, as you alluded to. It's not going to cost Ryan Palin to go and get power play help. You saw Marcus Johansson get traded to Boston for a third round pick. I mean, that's a guy that. I mean, what's the price? If, if that's the price for Johansson, I can't imagine that there. It's a much more for a guy like Mike Hoffman, and you know the the baggage that kind of follows him around that we won't address, but you know, there's something there. That is the thing. And and unfortunately, I I don't know if we're going to be any closer to that, at least as far as I'm concerned with, with the way that this season, this is, this is quite frankly, probably the best thing that could happen for Mark Bergevin is they, they probably, you know, they're going to get a a top 15 pick. They don't make the playoffs, but Hey, it was a good year. Wasn't it? We all had a great time. (laughs) Yeah, listen. If if he has learned, if he's if he's changed, um, then great. Um, um, but I, just his attitude about the the uh, trade deadline, where he came out and 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 let's be frank, he lied <laughs> and he he told a story as as he's done. Um, yeah. You know, the, this whole attitude narrative about. Uh, what's what's happened in 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 previous years? Um, uh, he first talked about character, and 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 so he went out and got character players, and then complained that they had attitude problems. The only reason 
Um, you know, Max Pacioretty hasn't ever been accused of having attitude problems. Didn't get along no. with, with Bergevin. So that's what Bergevin uses uh, as, as uh, his definition of attitude. Well, uh, the same can be said. Bergevin made a mess of, of Ra- the Radulov situation and the Galchenyuk situation and the Markov situation. Um, and, and, uh, so I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I want to be, uh, um, open-minded about, uh, the fact that maybe he can, he can listen, maybe he can be, uh, influenced, but, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned that, uh, yeah. this so-called success this year is going to, uh, have him return to his, his, uh, not so productive ways. And, yeah. and let's let's be honest. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of people who are talking about being patient. That Canadians fans aren't patient. That they want instant gratification. That that um, well, j- just because just because um, Mark Bergevin has had this moment of awakening, uh, forced or unforced, we don't know. Um, yeah. To to start listening to people, um, it, it, it's 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 not about patience. Canadians fans have been patient for seven years with Mark Bergevin um, and he's, uh, he's uh, dismantled the team and now is trying to put together uh, a a pretty deep hole that he himself dug Uh, and talk about patience, 26 years. uh, That's patience, 26 Mm -hmm. years uh, for a proud franchise, for a franchise that's, uh, has the most Stanley Cups in history, but that is suffering a very long drought. So uh, Canadians fans, I guarantee you, don't want to hear about uh, uh, patience. They've been very, very patient through uh, a series of, of uh, difficult and, and, and incompetent uh, direction. And, uh, and, and they're going to start demanding uh, better yeah. because, because they see it. They see these turnarounds with other teams and see that, that it's possible. And particularly when you see uh, uh, individuals who have left the organization and, and are making improvements elsewhere, or you see individuals who have been turned down for positions in this organization and go elsewhere and being successful, uh, then Canadians fans are going to have no patience. I can guarantee that. Well, we'll just have to wait and see how year eight of the five-year plan turns out next year uh, to, to really see what, what Mark Bergevin has up his sleeve uh, for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. So I guess with all that said, we'll we take a quick break and then come back with uh, some bad tweets and the question of the week and a text as well. Sounds great. Sound like a plan? All right, let's do it. But we'll be right back after a quick break. And as I said, I'm going to get some bad tweets in the question of the week. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Here on the Canadian Connection, as I said, wrap this thing up with some uh, responses for the question of the week and some bad tweets. Uh, we got a text again from uh, from from Dino. It's the trilogy of uh, of tweet of uh, text. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see how that how that goes. But uh, yeah, so we'll start off with the uh, the question of the week, and I will remind you the question of the week for this week: The Habs will miss the playoffs for the third time in four years. What went wrong? And uh, this has been a uh, this has been I think uh, in recent memory this has probably been one of the more active for the you know uh, question of the week posts that we've done. This has been uh, a lot of a lot of opinions floating around, and and certainly as as you mentioned, uh, getting this started, we have uh, Keith Keith Redden at Redden underscore Keith says power play has to be number one. And then, you know, you have Habs fan forever at 24 red, white, and blue saying PP and not winning enough in their division. So something that you alluded to with uh, Drew N's, uh, performance against the division and also the Montreal Canadiens not playing uh, well enough against uh, those teams. Uh, you've got Ray saying uh, poor coaching. GM did not spend the cap and ownership will not make the tough call. Uh, you have uh SVWG saying the GM went wrong. We have given talent away and brought very little talent in. He's so happy Domi had a career year. Also happy the Oilers are doing so bad. Everyone forgets how bad he is. So, uh, yeah, there was that one there, which, uh, you know, it raises a, an interesting point there. We have Replay Beatles, who says three backup goalie, two Shea Weber injury, one power play, which uh, the Shea Weber injury is an interesting one to, to bring up. Uh, so uh, that one is, that one's certainly interesting. You got uh, Gapper Habs fan 76 at original goo 22 says power play backup goalie, which we have and didn't use Lindgren and a true goal scorer. And then Samuel Gerber, uh, all Habs team member said someone who can win a face off and get 60 plus points. And then he's got a, a gif of, of Troy Burns, uh, which is a pretty funny one to accompany that. Uh, we have Blaine from the uh, Habs Unfiltered podcast. The only thing that went wrong was the power play. It was disgustingly bad, which, 
is very true. The power play was <laughs> terrible. Um, but, but but it sounds like a cage match is being set up here because I just in the last segment said, no, it's silly to say the only thing that's wrong. is uh, I agree the power play was bad, but it, it's yeah. not the only thing. So, yeah, it, it, Blaine, yeah, see, team members, uh, Rocket Sports team, we've we uh, we got lots of different opinions and, and yeah. uh, Blaine and I will we'll we'll hash that one out in, uh, <laughs> in a good, uh, friendly, um, uh, team worthy way. Just, just like last week, we had the discussion about the code and fighting and all that. Chris and Blaine and Chris brought up the point that, you know what, uh, Blaine might punch him in the face. So there you go. That's, <laughs> no, that's the, no, no, that's not true at all. That was a joke. I didn't say it in the same way that Chris said it. Uh, <laughs> Chris is funnier than me, but then uh, to, to finish it off, we got Lackhead Yen, who is a, uh, consistent, uh, responder to the question of the week, I'll say. <laughs> uh, power play, consistency from top to bottom, a solid backup for Kerry. Not only a good guy in the dressing room, a top defense playing left. No more low-risk second-order players and some patience until the full lineup comes from the team uh, drafted players. Uh, so we've got a lot of different uh, responses there. Uh, what's Facebook saying? Uh, just I noticed this other one on, on, uh, on Twitter. Oh. Uh, from Burn Prof, and it, it says, "Am I the only one who hasn't forgotten the goalie's annual inexplicable, inexplicable slump?" Um, no, Mark is Mark Willett. No, Mark, we have not forgotten about your irrational hatred of Carey Price, and uh, <laughs> and thanks for bringing it up and reminding us uh, how silly you are when it comes to uh, Carey Price, because uh, he is probably the only reason that the Canadians were in the playoff conversation with uh Vesna worthy numbers uh since uh November actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, remarkable. so on Facebook. Sorry, go ahead. No, he was remarkable. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh as all I was at. Yeah, on <laughs> on uh on Facebook and to uh find us on Facebook, uh just search for all habs, all one word, all habs on Facebook and you can join the discussion there. And I've got uh, hundreds of comments um, for the Canadians question of the week. Um, what went wrong? Um, and so you can, I'll, I'll read a few of them. Um, only thing that went wrong was the loss to Columbus and the missed points against the Hurricanes. Um, that comes from uh, Kieran Hahnman. Um, uh, Jerry Oxdraw says nothing went wrong. They finished well beyond expectations. Um, and so he gets to that point that we were talking about, about uh, expectations. Gord Linus says, what went wrong? The owner for keeping the GM for seven years of mediocrity, missing playoffs three out of the past four years, never making it out of the Eastern final. The GM who came in and took apart a good defense, um, talking about the, the dismantling that I was uh, referencing earlier. Um, Mike Bishop says uh, there's a list. Uh, it starts with the power play, uh, Jonathan Drouin and Jordy Ben. Um, I, 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 I actually thought Jordy Ben um, had a decent, once, once he was in the, the, the number, uh, the third pairing hole, I thought he had a pretty decent season. Yeah. Um, Garth Asham. Garth is is uh, one of the regular listeners and readers. Uh, oh, that just ap- disappeared. Catch oh. you back, Garth. I'm back. Where Garth. are you, Garth? Um, 
anyway, from memory, Garth says that um, uh, that the Canadians won't succeed until they uh, replace their general manager. Uh, here it is. As long as Bergevin is around, don't get your hopes up. Just getting close is his best effort. Is one if one is fine with that with complacency, complacency jump on that bandwagon. Uh, Eddie Friedman, he's uh, pretty succinct. Uh, terrible coach, terrible management, terrible trades. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just that easy. <laughs> it's uh, it's just that easy sometimes to analyze what exactly went wrong for a team. If you've got all three of those things, then uh, your chances uh, they're not in your favor. So, uh, you know, that was a it, it, it's an interesting question to ask. We appreciate, as always, uh, the people that uh, that respond to the question of the week. Uh, because we like to hear your opinions. We like to see what exactly people are thinking. And if there's a difference of opinion, like uh, between Blaine and, and Rick, you know, there's always, there's always a chance for that and, uh, and great to, to discuss and discuss further in a diplomatic fashion. <laughs> but uh, so now I guess we'll dive into something that isn't a little less diplomatic than that is a uh, bad tweets. Is that, does that sound right to you? <laughs> it does. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadians Connection. And boy, oh boy, did the Canadians getting eliminated and the week that they have ever just open the floodgates for the bad tweets because they were just relentless. Yes, they were. Um, <laughs> a lot to choose from, actually. Um, yeah. This week. So it, it made the job a little bit easier. Um, but, uh, uh, after this, this, this particular tweet that I pulled out, um, again, from a, a, a well-known, uh, Carey Price basher, uh, and, a, a and why not? Uh, uh, he's a Nordique fan first, um, mm-hmm. uh, biz on, on, on Twitter. Uh, and this was, um, this was against, uh, this was after the, immediately after the, the Washington Capitals game, uh, where Carey Price, I, I, we, we, we talked about it earlier, did everything he could to uh, yeah. possibly keep the, the, the Canadians in the game. They just, they just, again, once again, didn't get any offense. Uh, so Biz says, season over for the Habs, Carey Price loses another big game. Highest paid goalie in the history of the NHL, but he's no Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, or Hasek. Trade him this off season. Anyway, he'll be too old once the kids are mature. Um, and, um, yeah, as, as the responses keep grinding that, that, that particular axe, uh, they say. Um, so uh, Biz goes on to say the Habs still have a shot at rebuilding. Um Trade Price, trade Weber, trade Shaw, trade Petrie, and tank next season for Lafreniere. So you you know you know where he's going with all of this. And again, he's, yeah. he's a Nordiques fan. And Simon Dingley from uh, CBC, um, who uh, admits here's I'm chiming in even though I'm not Habs Dingley. Uh, as a non-Habs fan, I really believe that rebuilding is the right course. Um, tanking for the draft and picking up uh, uh, Lafreniere. Lafreniere is the French-Canadian star Montreal is missing. As as long as that's the focus, uh, we saw we saw uh, when a hockey decision isn't isn't made, 
when you go after Drew Ann and, and that's the, the sole reason, uh, you're going to make mistakes. And, and uh, yeah. you know, it would be a huge mistake to uh, follow that course. So um, those are our bad tweets of this week. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's as exciting as young prospects like Caden Primo and, and, you know, obviously Michael McNiven. We've talked about Charlie Lindgren, though. You know, uh, we don't know the ceiling of any of those guys just yet. When you get to the point where you have young guys playing, you're going to need someone in the net. And is Carey Price not the guy even years down the line that you would want to have? Like, you're, that's the piece that you're going to be looking for when – when you have Suzuki and anyways, I'm, I'm getting off track, uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's certainly, uh, certainly something that was floating around after that Washington game, which was uh, just perplexing considering what just happened. And it made you wonder if those people actually watched the game because that could have been easily four, one, five, one, if not for Carey Price, that's as close that is, that's as much of a blowout in a two, one game, as you will see the Montreal Canadiens, did not really generate a whole lot. So uh, yeah, Carey Price should not have been the focus of criticism after that game. Um, so we've got a little bit more to do for this episode. We've got a text from Dino, correct? We do. Yeah. Um, and, th- and, and thanks Dino. He goes by Le Petit Bill. Um, and he says, uh, now this, this was after the Washington game. Um, he said, he says, uh, a little short last night, say la vie. Um, too bad. Gave it a good run. Pricey again was supernova. Um, yeah, indeed he was guys were yeah. a little tired. I think not too much in the tank. Uh, coach Julian gave it his all tried to coach them to a win, but the tanks too low for the players love the guy, but they need some help. Uh, Columbus is not going to lose two, and they didn't. Uh, no. They're too good a team. Don't wish hardship on anyone, even your opposition. Uh, thanks again for all the dedicated work and hard work you do um, for the team and for all of us fans. Uh, merci, le petit Bill uh, from Dino. Uh, a nice, uh, a, a nice text. Um, yeah. And as you said, uh, kind of, uh, he's he's been consistently. Uh, reaching out to us uh, in the last few weeks, and, and we thank him for that. Nice trilogy of, of texts from uh, from Dino. One last week about Paul Byron, and the one the week before about the playoff chances. And uh, yes, we very much appreciate any uh, any uh, type of whether it's on Twitter, text us as, as Rick mentioned. Uh, Where if you're listening on demand, you can text us throughout the week at five eight five three Rocket. Um, so. With all that, said, and I should say, just just to be clear, uh, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're no. not going anywhere. There's still plenty of of uh, of uh, stories to be told, uh, things that will unfold with with the Canadians uh, this week uh, after the the final game of the season tonight against the the Maple Leafs. Um, we'll we'll have uh, our first look at Ryan Paling in the lineup. We'll have. Um, uh, Charlie Lindgren, who's getting the start tonight. Um, and we'll do a bit of a season in review uh, next week. Yeah. Unfortunately, Joe, you're not going to be joining us. You're going to be, what, what, you're on a beach somewhere or what, what, yeah. what is it? The, yeah. One of the, one of the famous Newfoundland beaches in, in <laughs> uh, 
early April. Um, I would, <laughs> I would probably get frostbite. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, unfortunately I will not be there, but we're in great hands because Chris, who has filled in for you on occasion is going to step in. It's going to be an old time Habs 360 episode of Canadians connection. You're going to duke it out. He's already said that his winner of the week is going to be Jonathan Drouin. I don't know how that makes sense, but I don't it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, hey, if he finds a way, he finds a way. Maybe uh, – and, and that might tie into something that I'm about to say. But, yes, uh, next week I will not be here, but there are still stories to be told. You're not done hearing this voice just yet. Um, but uh, my prediction – I, I want to I, I just recognize that, okay, this yeah. podcast is this uh, Saturday afternoon live podcast on All Habs Hockey Magazine um, um, and, uh, and now part of Rocket Sports Radio – has been going on since uh, 2011 for seven years, more than seven years, mm-hmm. eight years, um, yeah. eight years now. And, uh, and Habs 360, uh, we made the transition to Canadians connection uh, this season. Um, and, uh, and if you missed any uh, episodes, go to canadiansconnection.com. You can find uh, all the back episodes there. Uh, but but Joe, you 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 stepped in and and uh, <laughs> and the big shoes of uh, of Chris and and you've been a an amazing host and and uh, I've enjoyed working with you and and again uh, this is not <laughs> this is not a so long or anything uh, this is yeah. uh, we got a lot more to talk about and a lot yeah. more to to get to with with uh, the draft coming up uh, the 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 uh, the draft lottery. Uh, the exactly. free agency and all kinds of things. Uh, so um, you're, you're, you're still going to have your, your fix of, of uh, Canadians <laughs> uh, uh, discussion from the source that, that uh, the independent media source you trust most. And that's all Habs hockey magazine um, here on, on the, the Canadians connection. So thanks Joe. And, and uh, uh, looking forward to a lot, uh, a lot more. And well, good luck with the exam. Good, good luck with the. Thank you. If there was any confusion, good luck with the exam next week. Thank you. Yes, uh, I appreciate the kind words. The pleasure has been all mine for this season. I, I didn't expect the Montreal Canadiens would be up until this point, up until just last night in the playoff race. Uh, when I when I said that I was going to do this, I had imagined, oh, this is going to be talking about the Habs every Saturday. My goodness, the season they just came off. But it was a, it was a pleasure. And, uh, and Chris was incredibly helpful. As we say, we get contributions from Chris uh, all the time, uh, filling in for you on a couple of occasions, p- uh, filling in for me next week, uh, April 13th. He's going to be here discussing all things Montreal Canadiens, providing you his, uh, his view of the way things shook out. And um, as I said, Jonathan Drouin uh, kind of ties in. He said that he would, uh, that would, he would be his winner of the week for that week when uh when we were talking about it a little bit uh, a couple weeks back um i have a prediction for tonight if if you wouldn't mind hearing me out on this oh yeah uh, yeah, predictions. Oh, yeah? Okay. we love predictions we love predictions we, we don't often play the prediction game but i feel like this is a this is a safe time to place place a bet on the way that tonight's game is going to go tonight i think in my opinion and i'm going to uh you know if you disagree with me let me know but uh I believe that Jonathan Drouin is going to play about 20 to 22 minutes, maybe a little bit more than that. And he is going to be given every single opportunity to get 53 points or more (laughs) than 53 points 
get a new career high, set, tie his career high, whatever, whatever it is, one of those two, he is going to get played about 22 minutes against a team in Toronto who, if you haven't heard, they're not going to be playing uh, Jake Muzzin, Nikita Zaitsev, Ron Hainsey, Travis Dermott. None of those guys are playing. So it's like Martin Marincin and, and uh, Morgan Riley still going to be there. But they are resting a lot of guys. And Jonathan Drouin, in my opinion, I am predicting this right here, right now. Tonight he is going to be given every opportunity to set a career high because that is incredibly important to the Montreal Canadiens. You know, it's funny. You know, it's really funny. I mentioned earlier, um, and, and wouldn't it be a wonderful story for the, for the uh, Canadians PR group uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to exploit if, if Jonathan Drouin gets a new career high, but you know, it's kind of funny that that article that I mentioned earlier that they put out last night um, uh, telling us how proud and, uh, we should be of the team doesn't mention Jonathan Drouin at all. Uh, it yeah. goes through, it goes through, uh, you know, uh, Domi and Tatar and, and uh, uh, Deno and, and Gallagher and, and Price and Weber doesn't mention Duran at all, uh, which I thought was, was rather telling. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah they're, they, they got the article written. They just need mm-hmm. uh, Duran to do his part tonight. And it'll be the end of season press conference where Mark Bergevin says, well, you know what? We had career years from Jeff Petrie and Max (laughs) Domi and Jonathan Drouin. Just slide that one in there under the radar a little bit. So uh, that is my prediction for tonight. Uh, I will not be here to gloat about it next week if it comes to fruition. Uh, But I guess I'll leave that to Chris, who's already said that uh, (laughs) that he will be here to to pick that up. But uh, anyways, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up there, shall we? for another week of Canadian Connection. Yeah, and I'll just uh, remind folks to um, that, that Canadian's Connection is, uh, is one of four podcasts uh, mm-hmm. on the Rocket Sports Radio uh, uh, group. Uh, we have uh, Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby. We have Habs Unfiltered with Matt and Blaine uh, and Treg. And, um, and from the p- press box uh, that I appear on with Amy Johnson and and uh, that focuses on the AHL uh, and prospects. And uh, this afternoon, um, watch for uh, the, the coverage of, uh, of uh, the AHL report um, because Hershey visits Lavelle. Uh, Lavelle playing their last four games of the season. This is their last home game of the season, an afternoon game. Chris G will be in the press box um, and then um, Laval goes on uh, a, a three-game road trip to end the season in Bridgeport, Binghamton, and Syracuse, uh, which uh, I'll, I'll be there uh, as well. Uh, so, um, yeah, look for our podcast. Go to allhabs.net. You'll find our podcast there. Go to canadiansconnection.com for any of the, the, the uh, podcasts uh, uh, that you may have missed. And uh, certainly connect with us uh, on all of your social media. Um, look forward to uh, Chris joining us next week, and then you back in the in the chair uh, two weeks from now. Yeah. Um, and uh, looking forward to the game against Toronto tonight. It'll be a great night to uh, wrap up the season. It's going to be a fellow Newfoundlanders last night calling a game in Montreal. Bob Cole, um, you know, so that's going to be a special occasion. He's been getting honored all over, so. That'll be something to look out for, as well as Ron Paling going to be playing tonight. So that's something. It's it's all there's there's positives to be taken out of this. 
so as Rick mentioned, you got the four podcasts. You can follow all of the, You can find all those on your favorite podcast platforms: iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Search Rocket Sports Radio and subscribe. You get the four of them. They're all great. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Joe at JoeAlen19 on Twitter. You can follow Rick Manning the at All Habs account. And uh, yes, as you mentioned, it's going to be Chris next week. I'll be back though at some point. I'll be here. That's that's going to be a thing in two weeks. So we'll uh, we'll be back and we'll be discussing, I guess, how things are shaking up for the Canadians then. Even though it's going to be strange not talking about games. That's going to be an adjustment. But uh, anyways, uh, we shall see what uh, what the future holds for the Montreal Canadiens. So. I guess uh, with all that said, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Chris and Rick will have you covered next week. They'll be here 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it'll be 2.30 Newfoundland time if any of the Newfoundland listeners, you know, obviously, you're still tuning in. It's 2.30 Newfoundland time. So we'll be, uh, you know, those guys will be happy to talk to you then. And I will be back the 20th. Uh, thank you, Rick. Another great episode once again. And uh, thank you all for tuning in to the Canadian Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.